You're listening to the Sex with Dr. Jess podcast. Sex and relationship advice you can use tonight. Hey, hey, it's the Sex with Dr. Jess podcast. It's our 100th episode. 100. Yay for us. It's pretty impressive. Digital high fives all around. High fives. I've been told I give a really bad high five. Well, you give an excellent digital high five. There you go. Yeah, I'm non-committal with my high five. It's probably my germ issue. Yeah, maybe that's it. I'm pretending I want to high five you, but really, I just want to mime high five you. Okay. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening for the last 99 episodes. Thanks for sharing with your friends. If you like the podcast, please share it. Write us a review online. Uh, We really appreciate it. And of course, we're looking to reach more people because happier relationships mean a more stable world. And thank you to Desire Resorts for being our headline sponsor from the onset. You know Brandon and I love their clothing optional beaches and cruises. And we always welcome any questions you might have about their vacations because the concept is so unique. I get a lot of questions about about desire. Mostly. And I'm, all, and I'm always happy to share. In the hockey change room? Yeah, guys when I play hockey with, well, I mean, yeah, they ask a lot of questions. Yeah. Everywhere. Some of the corporate speeches, people are fascinated by it. And right. it's, not, it's not that crazy when you think about it. Everyone could see naked bodies if they just take their clothes off. True, but I think if you never have, it sounds quite out there. And then once you've been there, like we have, it's like, eh, another penis. Sure, yep. Take, take it or leave it. <laughs> well, to celebrate our 100th episode, we are going to be answering 100 sex and relationship questions and we've been collecting so many questions from you and we want to answer as many as possible so we're going to do a rapid fire round today and I'm going to do my best to answer as many as possible Uh, we'll probably have to continue in next week's episode I don't think we can get through a hundred is it going to be like Alex Trebek in Jeopardy yes you give me the answer and I ask the question amazing I get to be Alex Trebek you know we would screw that up I, I already am confused does anyone what I already am confused <laughs> what is Brandon <laughs> confused about the answer is everything, everything. <laughs> I watch uh, Jeopardy as you know on Netflix oh I know I hear it all the time and I do it to collect information because I think I'm going to remember the trivia but I don't I watch it to pick up on social cues from all the contestants. Uh, The parts where the contestants tell their funny or memorable stories, I have a good laugh with that, right? Hey, Alex, one time I went in an elevator. (laughs) And the punchline is, oh, Alex, I also like elevators. I think for me, you know, there are so many stories to tell, but I think we just leave it at Jess is a sexologist. Yeah, that's really where it ends and then... And it begins. I'd probably get a, rather than a round of applause, I'd probably just get laughter. I think people would think I'm joking. Likely. Yeah, I was in a wedding party once and they did introductions of each member of the wedding party. So, you know, they're like, so-and-so is studying for their PhD in museum curation studies and all this stuff for each person. And then when they they announced Jess O'Reilly has been friends with the groom since 2000 and she is a sexologist and everyone thought it was a joke. The, the wedding was also in Ottawa. So, I mean, does that give some context to it? I, I don't think I should say the tagline for Ottawa. I'll, I can say it then. The city that fun forgot. <laughs> Ottawa is, of course. I love you, Ottawa, but come on. Ottawa is the capital of Canada. 
I think a lot of people think the capital of Canada is Montreal. Montreal. Yeah, or Quebec, but it's Ottawa. And actually, Ottawa is a really beautiful city. City that fun forgot. No, it's it's a fun city. Shout out to Ottawa. <laughs> All right. So some of these questions that we received, uh, I can tell, come from teenagers. And some of them come from, you know, middle-aged folks. And some of them come from millennials like myself. And so <laughs> I'm, Sorry. Sorry. I'm actually what you call an older millennial. Oh, is that what it is? Mm-hmm. What am I? Like a baby boomer? You're a baby boomer. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> hey, man, whatever. I'll, I'll roll with it. And uh, some of them come from grandparents. So we've got quite a range. So, Brendan, are you feeling ready? I'm. Oh, yeah. Let's do this. All right. So question gonna... number one. Brand... Just rapid fire. We good? Okay. I'm going to do my best. Brandon's going to host from here on out. Oh, man. Okay. Let's do this. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. All right. Question number one. Can pre-cum get you pregnant? Good question. Yes, it can if there is sperm present in the urethral tract from another ejaculation. Precum can carry the sperm into the vagina and it can eventually meet with an egg. So it's possible to get pregnant from precum and it's also possible to transmit STIs from precum. Fantastic. Question number two Does the birth control pill make you gain weight? So if you've ever been on birth control or have talked to anyone on birth control, you know that people say it does. Uh, So research from 44 studies that I was reading suggests that the weight gain is actually temporary. It's thought to be a side effect of fluid retention. But ultimately, here's the thing. You know your body. So if a hormonal birth control like the pill is affecting your weight, it could be your energy, your sleep, your mood. All of these factors affect your weight. Uh, So you know your body best and you have non-hormonal options as well. So talk to your health practitioner. Like there's the copper IUD, there are condoms for the penis, there are internal condoms that can be worn inside the vagina. So do explore your options. And if a man gains weight while their partner is on birth control, is that normal? Is it sympathy weight? Sympathy weight, yeah. So go ahead and drink those extra beers. Or anyone of any gender. Uh, definitely you know what use it Actually, use it to I, your advantage i guess though if it would depend how many partners i have if i only had a female partner and she couldn't get me pregnant i guess i wouldn't be on a birth control pill but some people are on pills for other reasons okay i was making a joke of it that we could gain weight and sympathy weight but and drink beer and then you took it all serious from stuff. the guy who doesn't really drink beer. yeah from the guy who doesn't really drink beer. all right cool <laughs> question number three if the vagina is only six inches deep how does a seven or eight inch penis fit inside Okay, so the vagina, in fact, is not that long in an unaroused state. It's not generally six inches long on average. It's shorter than four inches, maybe three and a half on average. And I've looked at so many studies on this over the years. Um, First and foremost, the entire penis can't go totally inside because there's just, you know, like the abdomen and all the stuff happening there. So the whole thing isn't going in there. Um, But I will say that as you become aroused, the cervix... So the neck of the uterus, at the kind of at the back of the vagina, it tents up um, and lifts sort of to make extra space. The muscles relax and there's two little fornices. And so fornices are like cul-de-sacs. There's little spaces on the side that also have extra room to accommodate the object, vegetable, dildo, or penis of your choice. But if you are having sex with a penis, let's just also remind ourselves that the average length of a penis is far shorter than seven or eight inches. I like that there's a cul-de-sac. A cul-de-sac. Because it's like I'm driving through a subdivision. Brandon's in real estate. There you go. There you go. Sex and real estate. Amazing. Question number four. 
Should I still use a condom if I'm on the pill and we've been together for over two years? Hmm. I, I don't think whether or not use condoms is a matter of how long you've been together. I, I'd say it's a matter of health practices like testing, lifestyle factors. Like if you're taking the pill, do you take it reliable, reliably every day at the same time? Um, if you don't, you probably need a backup method like condoms and then risk factors for STI transmission. Like for instance, are you monogamous? Um, ultimately, it's a personal choice. You know, every sex educator is going to say use condoms, but we also have to acknowledge that it's your choice what you do. It's a personal decision. But if you don't use condoms and if you're using condoms, remember uh, the pill provides no protection to reduce STI transmission. And for anyone who is having sex, make sure you're getting tested regularly whether you're using condoms or not. Wow, mic drop. That was a good answer. Oh, thanks. All right, number five. This is not my question, or maybe it is. <laughs> Why is one of my breasts bigger than the other? Oh, it's sort of like eyebrows, which I struggle with. Are they Sis on fleek? No, mine are not, never on fleek. They are sisters, not twins. So <laughs> the body isn't symmetrical. So your feet are different sizes. Your hands are different sizes. One breast is usually bigger than the other, and that's totally cool. No one's going to notice but you. Even if they did notice, they don't care. Uh, if you notice any changes, though, in the size or the shape of your breasts, just check in with your health care practitioners so that they can advise you as to whether or not other tests are necessary. And my answer is maybe you've been hitting the gym real hard, getting a serious pump on. No, that's why. And the right boob is bigger than the left. No, that's why your right forearm is bigger than your left forearm. forearm. It's from jacking off so much. Great. Question six. <laughs> Guys, I told you use both hands. <laughs> Number six. How do I deal with a jealous child? He's 12 years old. Oh, so I, I talk about jealousy a lot. Um, so first and foremost, I would remind the child or anyone that it's normal to feel jealous. And sometimes the feelings and the thoughts we have in response to jealousy aren't rational. And that's okay because we don't always have to be rational. Um, so I would focus on the child's behavior in response to the feeling of jealousy as opposed to trying to eradicate the feeling itself. So I would tell them it's okay to feel this way. Um, let's say they're jealous of their brother. You can say it's okay to feel this way, but you don't want to be mean to your brother. Remember the reasons you love your brother. Um, I would also really encourage you, and this has to do with anything uh, in terms of, I guess, parenting or role modeling or teaching, tell them about an experience you've had with jealousy. Tell them about a time you were jealous and how you reacted. And it doesn't have to be a good story. It could be a negative story where perhaps you aren't pleased with the way you reacted, you regret the way you reacted, and then you can discuss how you might react or how you wish you would react to that feeling in the future. Because I think sometimes when we feel negative emotions, I think especially with children, they feel like they're the only one. When in fact, everyone has experienced jealousy. Um, and then if, if they're jealous, for instance, of a sibling, just be careful about comparisons and generally focus on your own child's, on this child's strengths to keep building up their self-esteem. So you don't get ha have to get too hung up on the feeling itself, but look at the attached behaviors and other ways to build self-esteem. So funny because when I read this question at first, I thought it had to do with sex until I saw that it said he's 12 years old, oh. which doesn't mean that still couldn't be a sex-related question, but that's kind of where my mind went. Yeah, no, so. this is from a parent, I presume. All right, number seven. Does being, on birth con does being on the birth control pill for a long time prevent you from having kids or getting pregnant? 
So the birth control pill is considered a reversible form of birth control. So that means you can get pregnant when you stop using it. So if we look at some of the larger studies, you'll see that women have, uh, or people who want to get pregnant, have success getting pregnant when they go off the pill. It's about one in five who get pregnant within actually the first round and about 80% get pregnant within a year of stopping the pill. Great answer. Great answer. <laughs> Would you really be able to verify if verify I mean, it if it wasn't? Check everything. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I yeah. wish. I wish. So how's my how's my interviewing skills going so far? You're doing great. Am I? Do I need like a like a monster truck Sunday approach? Yes, to the... please. Number eight. Why do I? No, it's not working out. Okay. It's a serious question. That's why Sunday. Wanna... Sunday. Sunday. Number eight. Why do I get so many blood clots and chunky blood when I'm on my period? Oh, so the the blood. What is being expelled from your body is a mixture of uh, blood cells, um, parts of the lining of the uterus, the tissue, and the proteins in the blood that help to regulate its flow. So some coagulation is normal. Uh, What they say, and so I just want to be really clear that I'm not a medical doctor, um, but what they say is that you should see a physician if they're, or your health practitioner, if they're larger than the size of a quarter these blood clots and and it doesn't mean that you have to be alarmed just go checked out get checked out please or if you have to change your pad or tampon every hour because it could be a sign of something else now i don't know what the rule is for menstrual cups i'll have to look that up Hmm. Mm -hmm. very interesting okay number nine i have a follow-up to this question does vaginal douching really work to clean everything out and my follow-up question is what are you keeping up there that everything needs to be cleaned out? Like, it just sounds like I can clean everything out. It's a sandwich left over from lunch. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> um, so there are a lot of questions about vaginas and birth control. So you don't really need to clean your vagina. Uh, and in fact, douching, douching can alter the pH and the good bacteria. And that can actually lead to an increased risk of infection and inflammation. So that can also increase your risk of STI transmission. So... It's cool to clean the vulva on the outside. Go ahead, just use water in your hand and maybe like a mild soap if you want to, but you don't have to wash inside and you don't have to douche. Um, The thing with the vagina is that it is a self-cleaning oven. The vagina cleans itself out, which is why you see discharge in your underwear throughout the month. Hmm. One of those uh, male-created things here we're talking about because I don't think there's a a douche for the male ball sack. (laughs) I wish there was. It's a dunk. It's, 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 the, it's You know what? That's my new business idea. It's a ball dunk. The ball dunk. All right. All right. All right. Okay. <laughs> Number 10. What is normal discharge and how do I know if it's healthy? Okay. So back to back. discharge. Um, so discharge is the way your body cleans out what it doesn't need. Um, the normal color of discharge tends to range from like pretty clear to a milky white and you'll notice that the volume and the consistency changes with your cycle so when you're ovulation ovulating for example you're going to see it's different than when you've just had your period Uh, you want to pay attention to the color so if it's yellow or gray or greenish or if you find that the smell has changed get it checked out. It could be an infection, it could be an, another an STI, it could be just irritation, uh, and it could be related to another health condition. So, you know, whatever's going on, if you have access to medical care, please use it and be your own advocate. 
Okay, number 11. Is there a magic pill or surgery that will shorten my period or permanently stop the painful symptoms? And if we're talking about magic pills, is there one to lengthen the penis? <sighs> you know, I actually get that question all the time. Really? Yeah. yeah it's just me trying to be funny, but mm. that's clearly a serious question. <laughs> so if um, the pain you're experiencing on your period is interfering with your daily life, check with your healthcare practitioner. Um, they might recommend, again, I can't recommend anything, but you might find they recommend birth control options like the IUD or a pill to help with your cycle. Um, and I, I really want to acknowledge that the pill and the IUD are not necessarily for everyone. Uh, there will be people for whom that's not a good fit. So please talk to your medical practitioner and also know your own body. But there is no magic pill. Know your body. Good answer. I swallowed a pill this morning. Really? Just something you found on the street or? No. So folks, I hosted the global morning show, the morning show on global TV this morning, which was super exciting to me. Well, I co-hosted it as a guest with Carolyn McKenzie. And it was really fun because it's a national show and we got to talk about, you know, a range of topics. And in the last segment, Kyle B, their health hack person was teaching us all these different health hacks and one of those hacks was how to swallow a pill because some people have trouble swallowing a pill and so he's like well I have a swallowing hack for you so here's me on live national television <laughs> trying not to say anything about a swallowing, swallowing hack trying to stop myself from saying something about the Spider-Man as an alternative to swallowing hacks. But there were just random pills there? He had magnesium pills for us. And what he said was that if you, most people put their head back in order to swallow, but if you lean your head forward, the pill floats to the top and it's easier to go down. Sure. Oh, I guess that works for semen too. Next time you're just needing to swallow a bunch of pills. Yeah. Okay. Well, people have to take pills yeah, for Yeah, no, I reasons. get it. I get it. Just sounded kind of weird. I know how to... Take pills faster. Well, enough. that's what I did on national TV this what morning. I swallowed with all a swallow. Years hack. of schooling put to good use. Yeah, thank you. Oh, I also squatted on a squatty potty. Okay, In question heels. number twelve. I didn't go though. I didn't go and I didn't push. Okay. Yeah, no, don't push. Okay, number twelve. How long does Plan B? How long does Plan B work? And is it like a long period? Okay, so Plan B is an emergency contraception, and you take it, say, when the condom breaks or when you, somehow your partner has ejaculated inside of you and you don't want to get pregnant. So it's ideally taken within 12 to 72 hours after the ejaculation, and it, or you can take it right away, um, but ideally within 72 hours. And it works in several ways. It to stop the release of an egg and to stop the sperm from getting to the egg. So it thickens the cervical mucus to reduce the chances of fertilization. It thins the lining of the uterus. Um, it does not work if you're pregnant. So it's not an abortion. It's not terminating a pregnancy. And some people say like their period comes early that month. Some people report having a heavier period. But in terms of permanent side effects, uh, there aren't really any, well, there, it's not going to affect your fertility. And I just, of course, it's not a regular form of birth control. So it's not what you want to be doing. So if you do plan on having sex or there's a possibility you're having sex, consider your options in advance. I haven't heard of a lot of people using Plan B as a form of birth control. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Yeah. I, because there is, of course, some controversy around it because people don't want reproductive justice and <laughs> women to have control over their bodies uh, you know there are people who argue that there are people taking it too much or same thing with abortion that people are using it as a form of birth control but that's pretty negligible kind of uh, crazy mm -hmm. all right next question um okay i was going to perform oral sex 
but the guy's penis was green and mucky? What does that mean? Or, wow. You're, well, this happens, okay? So stuff can happen and you can get an infection and just simply see a doctor, get tested. And remember that, so most STIs are not discernible. So the most common symptom of an STI is no symptom at all. So don't assume that you can look for the greenness or some sort of strange discharge and that you'll find it. This person obviously saw it. And I want to really destigmatize. Listen, like if you get an STI, many STIs, like bacterial STIs, are quite easy to treat with antibiotics. So please get tested so you can get treated. If you get treated for these bacterial STIs, for example, you'll likely clear them without an issue. But if you don't get treated, and you can't get treated unless you get tested, they can lead to really serious health consequences like infertility and chronic pelvic pain and ectopic pregnancy. So get tested, get treated. So I guess I shouldn't have responded that way, but I just think that if my penis was green and mucky, that I wouldn't be trying to get oral sex. What would you be doing? Probably going to the doctor. Good. But Brent, you're really good about going to the doctor. You're one of those people who goes to the doctor when you have a symptom. And I struggle. I'm not one of those people. So I know that gender roles suggest that men are less likely to seek medical treatment, but our roles are a little bit swapped. And it's good because you keep me uh, on my toes to go. Hey Jess, when was the last time you went to the dentist? <sighs> you Listen, Brandon, by centennial cleanings are all we need. <laughs> That's like me and the eye doctor. Once every like 15 years. Oh, I, I am due for the dentist. I went to the eye doctor the other day, thought I had 20-20 vision, and it turns out I'm blind as a bat. No. No, but there was a significant difference. Oh, folks, if you've seen pictures of Brandon on Instagram, so you don't usually see him with glasses, but he has glasses, and when he wears them, it's like a whole new man. Whole new dude. So uh, you may not be as bored of him as I might be. <laughs> <laughs> she's like "Ooh, i like those glasses let's call you clark yeah that's exactly or just it. any other name yeah that's exactly all it. right wicked okay all right next question what's a good position for uh, a woman to have an orgasm okay so everyone's different but some specific suggestions try lying on your stomach with your hand kind of underneath cupping your lips and your clits so that you have something to grind against um any position that allows you to rub and grind either against your partner's leg or against uh, if he has a penis against your partner's shaft or against their pelvic bone um, but do what feels good for you and try not to do just what you see in porn. So often in porn, there's a lot of, you know, getting on top and bouncing up and down like a chimpanzee, the porn. And that that's fine. But for many of us, bouncing straight up and down is not going to lead to orgasm. So I don't have to keep delivering pizzas? We've talked about pizza and porn and how much <laughs> hey, it bothers me. i got a pizza me. delivery. It bothers me. Can I take me? my pants off now? Yeah, but can I eat the pizza first? <laughs> that is my issue with pizza porn. All right, next question. What does a penis taste like? Oh, I've never had one, but no, just kidding. It, it depends. It doesn't, in many cases, it doesn't have much of a taste. It kind of tastes like skin. Sometimes it's a little bit salty. It might taste like somebody's lips, um, but everybody's a little different. Cool. Yeah. All right, about halfway through, uh, number 16, why do guys get their scrotum pierced? Uh, it could be for pleasure. It could be for aesthetics. It might be a personal preference. Uh, hey, if you've got a scrotal piercing, please reach out to me because we'd like to share your perspective because my scrotal sac is not, well, existent and your scrotal sac is not pierced. Yeah, I can't do the piercing thing, man. I don't know, like to each their own, but for me personally, I'm just gives me the shivers. I'm like, oh man, sticking a needle through there. And you have a very sensitive scrotal sac. 
Yep, let's put it out there. It's true. Like if I accidentally... Like... Yeah, you know what? I don't like needles being penetrated through my scrotal sac. I'd say that qualifies. What if somebody misses? I'd say that qualifies as sensitive. Okay, it's sensitive. Next question. Um, why are some people so attracted to older men as lovers? Mm -hmm. Well, I think regardless of, of gender, there's an allure in the power of age and experience. And I think when it comes to sex, there's so much pressure. So many of us just want to be led and taught and kind of play the role of, of student in bed. And, you know, in some cases, I think younger folks are attracted to older folks because they have resources and money. And I, I think that's okay too if you're honest with yourself and honest with your partner. And I, I think the flip side is... Why are we so attracted to youth when it comes to physical appearance? Because we're all hung up on looking 25 years old or looking 21 years old or partners who look really young. Hmm. So there's two sides to the coin. Is there a threshold to that age thing? It's like once they're like 75, it's like, yeah, no, not so interested anymore. So I think this question actually came from uh, from a teenager. and So like me is old. Oh, you're ancient. I'm, I'm like old man. Ancient. 41 whatever <laughs> all right next question dr jess how do you stay fit maybe maybe it's eating desserts that's just how you stay fit oh guys this week i had the most delicious dessert it was a flan on top of a raspberry tiramisu and so the flan was in between sort of a south american flan and a french creme caramel which is one of my favorite desserts and then the tiramisu was in between a tiramisu and a trifle and it was raspberry infused it was at this coffee shop in toronto called neo i even bought bought an extra one to take home for later she, she did she brought it home and I got to look at it <laughs> and they're beautiful so what's funny was I was sitting there and at the coffee shop you sit very close to people and here I am I buy a sandwich too because I don't only want to have dessert I was like okay better have lunch as well before I have this dessert and so I eat my sandwich and then I'm eating this flan on top of a raspberry infused tiramisu and I think I was making noise because the owner comes over and he's like do you, you like okay? it he's like do you like it I'm like oh, I love it and then the girl next to me is like yeah she likes it <laughs> yeah something wrong with her so how do I stay fit um I think I move a lot so I don't go to the gym but when I get the chance to walk uh, if I get the chance to play sports uh, if I get the chance to hike I do it so I'm not I don't get hung up on it and also, I think people ask me that because I look a certain version of fit, but the reality is you can't just tell if someone's fit from looking at them. And so just because, you know, I've shared what works for me, it doesn't mean it will work for you. And I'm definitely far from a fitness expert. I know. I've seen you go to the gym like seven times in the last 18 years. Mm, remember once I had a gym membership? Yeah, that was like flushing money down the toilet. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, that's, that's how gyms stay in business. They oh, don't expect yeah. you to come. Well, you were a winner for them. All right, next question. Gets all This one gets all raw. Can I read it in like a raw voice? Sure, you can do whatever you want. Do you have to suck dick for your man to have sex with you? Do I personally? <laughs> no, you don't have to have oral sex or do anything else you're not into. If you're not into something, I do suggest you consider why you're not into it and if something is important to your partner and they really like it you might want to consider ways to incorporate maybe parts of it into your routine like if you don't want to suck on it maybe you use your hand with lube if you don't want it in your mouth maybe you do it with a condom if you don't like the taste maybe you use a flavored lube but let's be clear you're not obliged to do anything you don't want to do and 
I just think it's important to remember that sometimes social norms and cultural norms influence what we do and don't like. So it's not always an innate like or dislike. So for example, if you don't want to do something because you associate it with being shameful or dirty or slutty, you might want to re-examine these attitudes, but bottom line, you do you. Very good. Okay. What is your best sex toy recommendation? Uh, so right now, I'm really liking the WeVibe Wish. I love the texture of it. So it's called the WeVibe Wish, and it's this almost computer mouse-shaped turquoise plush vibrator, and uh, it just fits really nicely along the around the outside. It's got this kind of rounded tip uh, that's nice and gentle, but the vibrations are really rumbly and powerful, and you can, you know, like, it's actually a massager too. Um, I also am really liking the Womanizer. So if you're not familiar with the Womanizer and you haven't tried it, it is like no other toy on the market. Um, there are certainly imitators, but I've tried them and they break down. So the real thing is the Womanizer, and what they, okay, it's this little device, and the head of it sits over the head of your clit, and they use tiny little bursts of air. So I know they call it pleasure air technology, but I'm just going to call it tiny little really quick bursts of air. And it creates like a, a suction sensation. So it's nice over the clit. It's nice over the labia. Yeah, it's, it's really nice. So check out the womanizer. The uh, Speaking of personal massagers, wasn't the wish the one that I had on the plane? <laughs> I was using on my neck one day. Oh, were you? Do you remember that? Yeah. We were on like an Air Canada flight and my neck was killing me. And in, of course, in your carry-on, you have all these sex toys. Oh, yeah. Because you always do. If you ever so cramp I, I was up- like, forget it, man. I'm, I'm taking this one out and I'm using it right here. Yeah. That was it. And is the Womanizer the one that has that giant billboard off the, one of the major highways here oh, in Toronto? Yeah. So it went viral this week. There was a story from Pink Cherry, which is a, a retailer, and it was an ad with the womanizer. And the tagline, the headline was scream your own name. It's great. Yeah. And it won. I think it's going to win some advertising awards. Very cool. Yeah. All right. Brandon talked about a sex toy he likes. What is it called? And do you have a discount code? That was the WeVibe Pivot. Yeah, so in the same family, from the same brand as as the Wish. So the Pivot is a penis ring. I'll let Brandon describe it. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure you do a much better job of describing it, but it is just that. It's a ring. It's got a vibrating uh, part that sits <laughs> down on, you know, on the on the boys and uh, on your balls. and But it, it's a ring that you wear around the ring. base of your penis. Around, Thank you. You yeah. know what? Why don't I allow you to explain no, no, it no. and then I'll tell them how it feels. Okay, you tell them how it feels. That's fine. Woo! <laughs> it's like sirens and snowflakes and rainbows for your ball sack. Okay, well, I hate snowflakes. Yeah, okay. Okay, forget the snowflakes. It's like unicorns and rainbows and leprechauns wow this is just getting weird yeah you have some ideas of pleasure (laughs) like a unicorn you know what i'm envisioning right now you ever seen what is it 22 jump street where they do that drug and on the one side of the screen is it um he's really tripping bad and it's terrible on the other side what's his name channing tatum is having a great trip and he's like unicorns and he's floating in the air anyway it's like that for your balls oh it sounds good and i don't have a discount code but i can ask about one Anyway, it's great. we'll link on the website to that as well. Okay. Um, Next question. What's the craziest place that you've ever had sex? On the highway while Brandon was driving. It was a terrible idea. It felt good at the time. For me, not for him. Don't do it. Wow. Yeah. Do not do that. 
do as so I say. hard to concentrate. Do as I say, not as I do. <laughs> that was bad. Okay, next question. I Why do I have neck and back pain after I masturbate? Oh, so having a headache or a neck ache or back ache after sex, um, it happens. And it could be related to just the contraction of muscles. So you might try changing positions. Uh, you also might be holding your breath. So when you hold your breath, you might find that your muscles uh, contract more significantly or irregularly. So try breathing more slowly, sitting or lying more comfortably, and take your time. I was going to say don't jerk off while doing somersaults. But yours is probably a much more accurate answer. Mm -mm. If you jerk off while doing somersaults, let me know and we might consent to receiving that video. <laughs> All right. Uh, any tips to relieve vaginal dryness? All right. We need to power through this. So many questions. Um, so I do want to talk to a naturopath about this and uh, learn a little bit more in an upcoming segment. But you might just want to start with a vaginal moisturizer like Damiva, D-A-M-I-V-A. Uh, and so this is a moisturizer you use just like you moisturize your face at night. Uh, it's not specifically for sex. It's for regular moisture. And then, of course, if you are having sex, use a silicone-based lube like Astroglide X that stays nice and slippery. All right. Next question. How do I ask my partner to schedule sex? Oh, if you're like Brandon, send them an iCal invite. It's actually, it's a Google Calendar invite, just to be clear. Oh, I add it to my iCal. It's much easier to add external invitees to a Google Calendar invite. We're going to leave it at that. Um, <laughs> I'm just getting around. I think just send them a message so that it's fun rather than, I think sometimes we get frustrated that our partners won't do something and sometimes you just have to do it yourself. And the more you do it without complaining the more they'll heed your requests. I'll also check out an app called In The Mood to make sure that you're flirting even when you aren't having sex. Cool. All right. Is it okay to be a virgin at 25 years old? Short and simple, yes. You definitely don't have to have sex with a partner. Now, virginity is a bit of a complex and you know imperfect concept, but if you're talking about putting a penis in a vagina, the new data suggests that people are, many people are waiting longer to have sex. So one in eight 26-year-olds consider themselves a virgin. All right, just a handful more. What do I do about the smell of my lips before oral sex that makes me self-conscious? Or I guess, what what should I do about the smell of my lips before oral sex? So I'm going to assume they're talking about their labia, like their vulval lips, as opposed to the lips on their face. Um, so first and foremost, please consider what messages you've received that make you believe that you don't smell good um the number of people i've met who like a little bit of like a natural scent would surprise you uh, and then secondly if you do want to clean up just wash up in the shower separate your lips you can kind of clean in between them and then sometimes it's the moisture that has a little bit more of a musk to it so when you hop out of the shower kind of just wave your hand over it to air dry uh, to get rid of some of that moisture and see if that makes you a bit more comfortable. All right. How do I make my spouse more comfortable with their sexuality and make them feel more comfortable in their own body? Mm, that's a big question for a rapid fire segment. Uh, I'd say the short answer is start with yourself. Get comfortable with your own body and your own sexuality first. That comfort and uh, the confidence is contagious. And remember that your expectations are your own, so don't put them on your partner. Give lots of compliments without expectation of anything in return. And oftentimes when people ask me about changing their partner, I wanna bring it back to you. I wanna bring it back to what can you change about yourself to grow? and improve rather than focusing on your partner. Hmm, interesting. Okay. Um, I'm blind 
how can I flirt and create connection without eye contact? That's a great question. Um, you're going to be more of an expert at this than me because you likely have higher functioning senses of touch, smell, sound, and, and, and taste. So I suggest that you start there. Uh, in terms of sound, you can cultivate sound, talk more, encourage your partner to talk to you, tell them what you're feeling and thinking, ask them how they're feeling, ask questions. And if you have a partner, touch more. Right? Use the sense of touch to touch in different ways, in non-sexual ways, in gentle ways, in ways across the body that have nothing to do with the genitals or the breasts or other traditionally considered erogenous zones. Use different tones of voice and different volumes to communicate your mood. And this is a question I'd like to further expand upon probably with an expert who knows more than I do. Wow, it's really interesting. Okay, last three questions. How soon can you take a pregnancy test after sex? Okay, so generally you take a pregnancy test on the first day of your missed period. So that's approximately two weeks after conception or ovulation, uh, or so after ovulation. So, but some tests, like the first response, re first response brand of test, I think that's what it's called, um, they have an online calculator and they say they can detect the pregnancy hormone five days before your expected period start date. So five days before you're supposed to get your period, but you're probably going to get more false negatives at that time because the that hormone level will be lower that's my more layperson's understanding cool uh what does a vagina taste like mm, delicious <laughs> no I, I mean everyone tastes different you know the same as the penis everything tastes different sometimes a vagina tastes kind of like plain like bread um Sometimes it tastes like a mouth. I think a mouth is a good description because every mouth tastes different. And, and I don't know, do you have anything to add? Yeah, I mean, human beings. I mean, sometimes maybe a little bit salty if you're licking all around. Because yeah. chances are you're not just in one spot or you're exploring the yeah. whole area. And let me just remind you, so the vagina is actually what's on the inside. So you're probably not really tasting the vagina. You're probably tasting the vulva on the outside unless you're really getting in there. All right. Um, next question. Do you guys swing? Wow, we get asked this question a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, no, we don't. But you can check out our podcast on our own like personal experiences with the lifestyle in a previous podcast. So I'll link to that on our, our blog page as well. Right. And I believe this is the last question for today. I thought we were going to get farther. We're going to go further. Okay, well, here we go. How many times is too many for having the same fight with no resolution? Wow, I feel like I could chime in on this. Oh, go ahead. I've had, we've had a lot of fights about the same issue. And are, you, are you thinking of a specific issue? I'm thinking of a number of issues. <laughs> I don't know. And, and I'm only referencing my own like fights that we've been in where it's my issue. Like I know that it's my issue. And man, I feel like some of these fights have been going on for like 10 years. Mm -hmm. And sometimes they're better mm -hmm. and they don't serve. And then they resurface later on. Mm -hmm. um, so I don't know that. Is there necessarily a right answer for the number of times? Because if you're constantly working at it. Well, yeah, it's 42. <laughs> Is that what it, Okay. So <laughs> we've, I've already lost that. You know, you know, as Brandon said, I'd be less worried about the number of times you've had a fight and more focused on how you fight. So are you really aiming for resolution or are you aiming for a win? Because the former is going to produce a better result than the latter. And if you're stuck on the same fight over and over again... You might want to consider writing down what you want to get out of it. 
what are you personally willing to do to resolve the issue and what do you want your partner to do? And please start with yourself first because it's easy to make a list of what your partner should do, but it's interesting, Brandon, that you say it's my issue and I don't think that there's ever, you know, uh, a tension or an argument between us that isn't also my issue. I agree, but I'm making specific reference to issues that I know exist, Mm. like my own issues that I'm like, man, I'm doing the same thing and I see myself and I catch myself, um, you you know, how I'm responding to something when a certain topic is a little too sensitive Mm -hmm. and I catch myself Mm. and I'm like, man, I'm going back there. I'm doing it again. Mm -hmm. Um, So in that respect, I know that I'm doing that wrong again, just from reflecting on it personally. But sometimes it's hard to break those habits. Like sometimes it's really hard. You can be, you, you know, you can talk about it till you're blue in the face, but in the heat of the moment, of course, you know, you revert back to that instinctual behavior. I always find that when I'm fighting, um, so I can get really hot really quickly and really worked up. And then in the fight, you have moments of lucidity. So you've really got to capitalize on that moments, on those moments of lucidity and ask yourself, what am I trying to achieve here? What do I want out of this? And I, I do think that the issue is people are trying to win. Yeah, I see that a lot. I, I see that in my, in my work specifically where it's like people want to destroy somebody else in an argument or a negotiation when really aren't both parties trying to find common ground? Like, isn't that ultimately what you're trying to do? And relationships no different. Like you're trying to find a resolution to the problem. Well, I think that's part of the issue that in all of our lives, we create winners and losers and in business as well. And then we are expected to have these specialized negotiation and empathy skills in our intimate relationships, but we haven't cultivated them elsewhere first. And so I think we were seeing a shift toward that. That's why I do the work I do. I'm lucky to get to work in corporate where they realize that relationships matter, whether it's the relationships you have at home or the relationships you have with your coworkers. So I think we're seeing a shift and younger folks especially are really the the driving force behind this. Understanding that feelings, emotions have a place in the workplace. We're not robots. You can't remove emotion from business. And I think that has a bit to do with gender and being emotional, being associated with being female, being a woman, and women for years being taught be more masculine in order to succeed. And what we're realizing is that if you look at those two things, femininity and masculinity, as um, either traditional roles or even as different expectations of energy, what we need is, is a blend of the two, again, regardless of gender, because a woman, somebody who identifies as a femme, can be masculine in many ways and can be feminine, and and the same goes for people who identify as men. Wow. Deep. <laughs> okay, let's let's do some more. All right. Fire through. Is it okay to suck on toes? Yeah, maybe have a shower if you're worried about bacteria and you've been walking around on the ground, but yeah, suck on those toes. All right, how do you step up the sex drive after breastfeeding for so long? I think if you have a young child and you've been breastfeeding, you might benefit from being more selfish. I find that at that stage in your life, it's a transitionary stage, you tend to be so focused on everyone but yourself. So can you be more selfish in life and in bed? Can you say to your partner, I could use a foot rub to help relax me and put me in the mood or go down on me and let's see what happens. Or can you give up one of your chores or other responsibilities so that you just have time to relax? Because if you're breastfeeding, I'm going to guess that you are exhausted. I'm going to guess that you are sleep deprived and your schedule is probably in overdrive. So ask for what you need and you don't have to be a superhuman. All right. How many times per week or month does the average person have sex? 
Oh, so age and relationship status, as well as whether or not you have kids and how long you've been together, play a role in how often you have sex. If you're looking at, say, a married couple in their 40s with kids, uh, I think it's around 37 to 45, they're having sex somewhere between two to four times a month, so they say. So the, the most commonly reported answer in the largest study I know from the States is several times per month to weekly. So I interpret that to mean two to four times a month. If you are younger, you're probably having more sex. If you have a young child, you're probably having less. I also think people lie and over-report how often they have sex. Mm. And if you have, if you masturbate, you have sex 40 times a month. Is that normal? Sure. That's fine too. Do Rock it. Rock and roll. You've that's got an, the energy. Well, that's another issue with even these questionnaires. So what does sex count if it's just with yourself? Does sex count if one of you doesn't orgasm? Does sex count if it's a different, if it's oral sex versus, you know, penetrative sex? So I, I'm really less worried about averages and more worried about you deciding what works for you and communicating it to your partner. And you just talked about robot sex. I did. Remember one of the other podcasts that we just did, if it wasn't the last one, the one before that, can you imagine reporting numbers, people having sex with sex, the dolls? sex dolls? Oh yeah, the robots. Sorry, sex robots. Dolls. You know, sex has, dolls, robots, whatever. Brandon has already promised to go to the sex doll brothel and report back to us. <laughs> All right. Um, couples who qu- constantly squabble and argue over useless, useless crap. Why and how do you make it stop? I've talked about the 99 rule before. Uh, You know, ask yourself, will this issue matter to me when I'm 99 years old? If not, can I let it go? Uh, Another option is to just have weekly check-ins with your partner to talk about what's going on in your life so you don't wait until something is wrong to talk about your relationship. Because oftentimes when you have a conflict in your relationship or someone snaps at the other or you argue over, as you say, useless crap, it's because you're in a mood about something else. Something might be bothering me at work and I just haven't told you so if I give you some context and say listen I'm having a really hard time with this at work or I'm having a really hard time with my sister or brother right now it can you know just provide a little bit of a backdrop so that you better understand what I'm going through Um, and then I think with every conflict I said it before ask yourself what you're trying to achieve right and would you do you like the way you talk to your partner like would you talk to them this way in front of someone else in front of your mother or father or best friend or boss and this is a big question for a rapid fire round two. So I think this is a, a good topic to explore in further depth moving forward. I like that vulnerability angle when somebody brings that up or when you bring that up, I find it really breaks down walls. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Time. It's disarming. So, um, okay. One more. Okay. Um, how do you manage expectations when one person has a higher sex drive than the other? Who get? No, oh, I'm sorry. There's a two part two part question here. Who gets to win the battle? Okay, um, so I just talked about win win, right? So can we create a win win? You know, we have a podcast on sexual frequency that I suggest you go back and listen to. But for starters, I think we need to move away from that perspective of who gets to win. Neither of you is right. Neither of you is wrong. But if you want to stay together you need to find some middle ground to satisfy both of your expectations, right? You can't always be right if you want to have a partner. So there are ways to find middle ground and it's not going to be perfect. Like if I want it, you know, once a week and you want it five times a week, it's not that we're going to have it 2.5 or 2.75 times a week, but we do have to look for a ways for, for the person who wants it more 
to take care of themselves and to look for alternative ways of having sex. And if the person who doesn't want it as much is open to boosting their sex drive, what lifestyle changes can we make? And how can your partner facilitate those lifestyle changes, right? If you don't want to have sex because you're stressed out, well, how can your partner help to alleviate that stress as well? So you have both have to take responsibility for finding that middle ground. Great answer. Okay, I know there's so many more questions, but I know Brandon has to go. He's He's got many things to do, people to see. I'm a business man. Business man. I got lots of business to do. <laughs> so we're going to try and rapid fire through the rest of them next week. But I love all of these questions and I love that there's such a broad range. So thanks, babe, for interviewing me. That was great. Good answers. Oh, thank Good you. answers. Good job. You want to close us out? I feel like I need to practice more. Oh, okay. Just throwing you in the fire. Yeah, pretty much. All right. Well, I'm going to say a big thank you to you for listening. Of course, thank you so much to Desire Resorts for your ongoing support of this podcast. Wherever you're at, I hope you're feeling great. I hope you've learned something. Please do share. Feel free to leave us a review if you've got the time. And check us out on Instagram. I am at Sex with Dr. Jess. And Brandon is... At Verity Brandon. Okay, you can find him off of mine. Yeah, just go to Jess's. All right, have a great week wherever you're at. You're listening to the Sex with Dr. Jess podcast. Improve your sex life, improve your life.